G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus than anywhere else without Him. Life can deliver some bitter circumstances sometimes, and Christians aren't immune. Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie shares some good reassurance. Maybe I'm talking to someone right now that is in a situation where you have no safety net, you have no backup plan, it's either God or nothing. Is that the worst place to be? Don't put your eyes on your circumstances, put your eyes on Christ. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. When people get to the end of their rope and they run out of options, sometimes you'll hear, well, all we can do now is pray. As if that's the last resort, and not a great one at that. Turning to our God shouldn't be our last resort. It should be our top priority. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie recounts the times that he turned to God. It's part of a recent 50th anniversary, celebrating God's faithfulness to the ministry, even during challenging times. Okay, so yes, we're celebrating 50 years as a church, but it's hard to pinpoint exactly in time when we were born because before we were a church, we were a little Bible study of young people. So the way it happened, and you've seen the Jesus Revolution movie, you have a sense of it, but I used to hang around at Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, and the pastors were all there, and they were all about nine to 10 years older than me. And one day there was a discussion in this room and the discussion was, who's gonna go to Riverside this week? Now, this Bible study in Riverside at All Saints Episcopal Church was started by Lonnie Frisbee, who was a youth pastor at Calvary Costa Mesa. I went up with them a few times there and it was around 300 young people attending. Then Lonnie moved away and so it was being handed around to different Calvary Chapel pastors. So who's gonna go this week? One said, well, I went last week. I don't wanna go again this week. Another said, well, I'm going next week, so I don't wanna go this week. No one wanted to do it. And I said, I'll go. (laughs) I spoke that night. Then I went back the next week. And after a while, it was starting to grow, this little Bible study. And uh, so it was a little Bible study that turned into a church that eventually got our own property. And then we Fast forward to today and here we are. But God called us to start this church and we've watched it grow and we give him the glory. But that brings us to our text now. It's Matthew 14. Uh, The backdrop is the disciples are crossing over the Sea of Galilee. A great storm comes and uh, they're panicking. They think they're going to die. And then they turn and here comes Jesus walking on the water. And he says to them, take courage, it is me. Don't be afraid. And our story picks up there, Matthew 14, verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So Jesus said, come. 
And when Peter had come down and got out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Wow. Don't you love that story? What an amazing step of faith this was on the part of Peter. It could seem presumptuous. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. But Peter did wait for permission. Jesus said, okay, come. And here's Peter doing what no one else did. You know, sometimes people criticize Peter. He was rather outspoken. He did put his foot in his mouth more than once. A lot of ink is given in the Gospels to Peter's faux pas and shortcomings. But let's not forget that Peter was the only one of the disciples that was willing to put it all on the line and walk on the water to Jesus. It's been said that faith is a refusal to panic. And so he said, let's just, let's see if this will work. He had no safety net. Now Peter was not wearing those little water wings. You know those things, little inflatable things? I still wear them today. <laughs> People make fun of me, but I like them. No, I don't. But um, in fact, when my boys were growing up, I didn't want them to wear those water wings. I wanted them to learn how to swim instead. But uh, no water wings, no backup plan. It was just him and Jesus. And there's no better place to be. I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus than anywhere else without him. Maybe I'm talking to someone right now that is in a situation where you have no safety net. You have no backup plan. It's either God or nothing, okay? Is that the worst place to be? God's gonna be faithful. God will come through for you. And that's exactly where Peter was. He asked for permission. The Lord says yes. And Peter begins to walk on the water. Where did this faith come from? From the word of Jesus. Jesus said, come. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. I can think of many times over the years where I've heard the Lord say to me, come. Now I've never heard the audible voice of God. And to be honest, I'm suspicious of people who say they have. But I have had the Lord direct me very clearly. And I can think of certain moments in my life where I knew it was the will of God for me to do a certain thing. But there's always was risk involved in it. Uh, when we moved from that little church we were meeting in, a little Episcopalian church, to our own building, that was a huge step of faith. And when we bought the piece of land, uh, we were so young and it was so expensive, and yet we took that step of faith. Uh, the first time we went to uh, Pacific Amphitheater for our first crusade, big step of faith. Then we went to Angel Stadium, another big step of faith. Starting to Harvest Orange County, another big step of faith. When we booked AT&T Stadium, gigantic venue, seated over 100,000, that could have been the biggest flop of all time. But amazingly, every seat was filled and there was overflow and another 250,000 people watching around the country and around the world. So took steps of faith. And it's just looking to Jesus. And that's the key. You look to Jesus. Don't put your eyes on your circumstances. Put your eyes on Christ. Years ago, Jonathan was a, a, a little boy and he wanted to scuba dive. So there was this little course you could take in Maui where they'd train you for a day in the swimming pool. And then we'd go out for an ocean drive accompanied by an instructor. I said, I'll join you when you do the dive because I'm certified, which means I, I'm, I've dove before and I can rent scuba tanks and such. But I hadn't done it for quite a while. 
So the instructor said when he was training Jonathan and the other students, would you like to take this little refresher course? I said, I'm fine. I already, I remember it all. Okay, famous last words. So Jonathan went through his little course and the water was really calm that day. But then the next day for our dive, the waters were really rough and the boats were pitching back and forth. And I said, I don't think we should do it today. The instructor said, no, we're gonna do it. So we get on the boat. You strap on all that heavy equipment. You've got your BC, your flotation vest. You've got your tanks, which are very heavy. And you've got your aqua lung or your regulator. Then you've got your weight belt and your fins and your little rubber ducky, which I always carry. But, um, and then the way you get in the water is you lean on the edge of the boat and fall backwards. That's the last thing you want to do in a rough ocean with a bunch of weight on you, but that's exactly what we did. And as we're bobbing around in the ocean, I began to feel a sense of panic come over me. And Jonathan was feeling it too. And I was looking at Jonathan and I'm looking around and I see the instructor. The instructor looks at Jonathan and said, Jonathan, look at me. Jonathan looks at him and I looked at him too. (laughs) He says, remember what I taught you. John said, okay. And I yeah, okay, but I didn't, I didn't listen. I didn't go and get a refresher course. He said, just breathe, put your regulator in, breathe. So we started breathing. And then as soon as we went below the surface, it was calm and beautiful, okay? But the Jesus could say the same thing to you. Hey, look at me. Remember what I taught you. Get your eyes off of the circumstances. Get your eyes off the stormy seas. Get your eyes off of yourself. Put them back on me. What does scripture say? We're running a race and we should run it as we look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking to Jesus. That's what Peter was doing, but what he stopped doing, and then he began to sink. So yes, Peter failed, but what a spectacular failure. You know, it's been said, if at first you don't succeed, relax, you're just like the rest of us. You probably thought I was gonna say try and try again. That's usually how it goes. I like this one better. If at first you don't succeed, relax. You're just like the rest of us. But again, as I said earlier, I would rather take a bold step of faith in my efforts to honor God and fail than do nothing at all. And a lot of people do nothing at all with their faith. And then they have the audacity to critique others who do apply their faith. So let me say something to maybe someone watching or listening right now who's taken a bold step of faith and it didn't go as you had hoped. You shared the gospel with someone and they shut you down. You started a little home Bible study and no one showed up. Even the dog and cat left. (laughs) But here's what I want to say to you. If you've done any of those things and you failed, thank you. Thank you for taking that step of faith. And I pray that your Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. So 50 years of God's blessing. What's ahead? Some would say, Greg, culture is changing. So you have to change with the times. Eh, There's some truth to that. I mean, I think adapt. Adapt to culture. You know, we want to always be there with the gospel in an appropriate way. And by appropriate, I mean answer the questions people are actually asking Uh, show them how Christ is the ultimate answer to whatever they're facing. But I've been doing this for a while now, and a lot of generations have come and gone. Each generation has its unique features, but the answer for every generation will always be the same. It's the gospel. It's Christ himself. He is the answer. 
will keep preaching that message. Psalm 119.90 says, your faithfulness continues from generation to generation. So here's a commitment I will make to you. Number one, I will continue to teach God's word faithfully to you whenever I get up to speak. I'll always open up the scripture. And as I said, offer you theology without apology. Uh, we will always extend invitations for people to come to Christ. We'll continue to try to find new and innovative ways to bring the gospel to our culture. We'll continue to disciple people and then raise up the next generation. Acts chapter 13, verse 36 says, David served the will of God in his generation and then he fell asleep. In other words, he did his work and then he was gone. And one day my work will be done and the next generation carries it on. It's like a race. And in a race, it's not a solo race, it's like um, a relay race, right? You know where the baton is passed and so you run with the baton for your generation and then when your race is done, you pass on the baton and they do the same thing and that's how it works. That's what we're gonna continue to do. We've done it for 50 years and for as many years as the Lord at least gives me, I'll continue to do it. We'll reach new people. There's new mountains to climb, new opportunities to pursue. But we have our marching orders from the Lord to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Our mission statement at Harvest is knowing Him and making Him known. And that's what we will continue to do and pursue. So I'm telling you what I'm gonna do. Here's what I would like you to do. I would like you to commit yourself afresh to the Lord and find your place in the church. You know, there's a trend uh, among some Americans today to attend church less and less. It's just, we'll do it when we get around to it. And, and I think it's so important as parents to set an example for your kids. The church is important. This is our priority. We're going to church now. Yeah, but we want to go to the beach at sunset. Yeah, we'll go to the beach after church. Let's go. We'll go to the first service. <gasps> it's eight o'clock. It's okay. Well, you'll survive. <laughs> and they'll resent you for it, maybe. Teenagers will resist you. One day they'll come back and thank you. Then their turn will come. <laughs> when they have their kids. But see, here's the point. Commit yourself. But it's not just attending church. I want to encourage you to be a part of the church and serve in the church. There's so many serving opportunities. So I don't say that just because we have needs for you to serve, though we do, but I say it because you will be blessed as you serve. Because the Bible says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. There is a blessing in giving. So you have to discover, develop, and use your spiritual gifts. And how do you do that? Simple word of advice, volunteer for everything. That's what I did. I volunteered for everything. I would do anything. Just let me take a shot at it. And I wasn't good at a lot of those things. But after a while I began to discover what my gifting was. Sometimes it's through process of elimination. Just say, where do you need help? I'll help there. I'll volunteer here. And then when you come to church, you're not just attending, but you're participating. What a great opportunity for you to build friendships and learn to do life with other people. Just say, Lord, here I am, send me. And so in closing, I wanna offer a blessing to you from God. Where the Lord says, and I love this, it was given to the priests to pronounce over the people of Israel continuously over and over again where they would say, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. 
the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Great encouragement today from Pastor Greg Laurie on A New Beginning. His message is titled, Reflecting on the Past, Preparing for the Future. And Pastor Greg talked quite a bit about how the Lord is ready to help us in times of challenge. And if that's made you realize that you don't actually really know how to come to God or start a relationship with Him, Pastor Greg has some encouragement for you. God is just a prayer away. You know, it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. Frankly, it doesn't even take hours. It can happen so quickly. It just starts with you saying to God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that you love me. I know that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin and pay for those sins and then to rise again from the dead. And I want him to come into my life. So here's my question to you. Have you done that yet? Because Jesus, who did die on that cross and rose again from the dead three days later, is alive and standing at the door of your life right now. And he's knocking and he's saying, if you'll hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Would you like your sin forgiven? Would you like to know that when you die, you will go to heaven? Do you want Christ to come into your life right now? If so, why don't you just stop whatever it is you're doing and pray this prayer with me? You can pray it out loud. You can pray it in the quietness of your own heart. But pray this prayer to God. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. I'm sorry for my sin, and I turn from it now, and I choose to follow you from this moment forward. I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, the Bible promises that God has heard your prayer and has answered that prayer. The Bible says that we will confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God bless you. You've made the right decision, the decision to follow Jesus Christ. That's right. And we'd like to help you start off right living for the Lord. We've got a pack of resources called the New Believers Growth Pack, and we'd love to send it your way. It'll answer many of the questions you may have and help you to build a firm foundation for your faith. Just ask for a New Believers Growth Pack when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Well, next time, travel with us to Spokane in Washington as Pastor Greg speaks to an enthusiastic audience about sharing the love of the Lord, Jesus style. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Reflecting on the Past, Preparing for the Future. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.